Hey guys, this is Aisha with Pod Clubhouse. And this is Catherine with Shuffle Online. We're back to discuss Never Have I Ever on Netflix. This is episodes three and four. So, Never Have I Ever Gotten Drunk with the Popular Kids. That's the name of this episode. Boy, we got a lot to talk about with old Davia. Yeah, this one was a fun one. I want to say three and four definitely picked up. I know we talked about in our first episode that we were kind of uneasy about it and where it was going. But I feel like three and four were really good and and really fun. And this episode in particular was it made me want to continue the show even more so. Exactly. I was talking to a friend about it after we recorded our first one. She had binged the whole series and the whole, you know, the whole season, which we have not done. So the listeners know we're watching as we podcast. So we're not going to have anything extra to like put in because we're watching it and then wanting to have our original thoughts. But my friend was saying that once it got to episode three, she really got into the show. So that gave me some some energy and some hope that, you know, we'd really kind of latch on, on on episode three. And boy, she was right. Big ups to Yen, my friend from college, for that. This episode, which is hilarious and so fitting right now during our coronavirus pandemic quarantine time and the love that TikTok is getting, the show starts with the three friends and they're doing a TikTok video hilarious i think i actually had seen that because i think they posted on one of their socials and so i saw it before and i was like oh i've seen this but it was so fun because i've definitely seen so many celebrities and normal people just doing all those tiktoks and i'm like yeah this is very fitting like well timed right i'm on all sorts of social media as you are cat uh, you know tiktok is just uh, i know it, not something i'm gonna get in but it's funny because this week not only this week like two days ago I decided to bite the bullet and get on it, put some of my stuff on there for my fitness things. And then I watched the show and here it is. So I think it was just fitting that it all kind of came together. So we're talking about Davey and Paxton. They start up and she's lying to her friends already about it. And I was thinking to myself, here she goes again. She's just kind of going with that same lie that she started with Paxton. Did you feel like she was like, are we still going with this? Is she going to tell them the truth? So she's talking to them after they're doing their TikTok video. It's so funny because they're really encouraging friends. You know, they're like, oh, how's it going with Paxton? Oh, it must be so cool. And she makes a choice to not tell them the truth. And it kind of made me think back like, there's some stuff that is just too embarrassing sometimes that you don't want to tell your friends the truth. Like that never changes in some ways, like no matter whether you're watching this show or any other show or your life. <laughs> it's it's curious how long she's going to keep this going. But for this episode, she does keep it going. And you know, eventually it's going to hit the fan. And Paxton isn't going to be happy about it. Not necessarily because he would be embarrassed, but just because like, hey, why are you saying things that aren't true? Which on this end, I'm not on, I'm on Team Paxton if he does find out because it's not cool to do that because we, we've seen so much. And it's funny because this show has turned it around, right? Like in other, in other teen shows, it's usually the guy saying like, oh yeah, I had sex with that girl. Exactly. And she's flipping it and she's lying saying she's had sex with him. So what do you think about that kind of, well, it, on the one hand, I like that, but on the other hand, I'm like, ooh, you're still doing like, why we're not, we don't want to switch this around and be the, the bad girl, you know? <laughs> right, right. She's like taking that female empowerment, like, okay, well, we're going to, we're going to turn it on its head and be like, well, the woman's going to do it this time. In some way, it's like, okay, I'm all for like, I think you mentioned the female empowerment part of the show. And we really kind of applaud that in some ways. But I think this episode, we were really kind of settled on what I picked up is like three main themes. One theme is her wanting to go to this party. Another one is family. And then the third one is friendship. The, between those three themes, 
we can kind of start talking about that. I feel like since we started with the friends, as she starts to go into their quest of wanting to, you know, really be popular and 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 bring the three of them to like the forefront of their high school and get some more notoriety. And I put that in quotes. She kind of gets thrown into the the history class group with Paxton. And that leads to the whole party. We break up and we start to get a little bit more background on Fabiola, her mother in particular. I like that they're showing a little bit more in depth into her friends. It's not just all about Debbie. I guess I would just add one theme to what you mentioned. Yeah, please. Talking about Fabiola is figuring out who you are. And I mm-hmm. think that's a very teen show and just teen in general life kind of thing. Like in, it, It's also very heightened when you're in high school and you're trying to fit in. You're also trying to stay what is true to yourself. And so with her, she's obviously going through this thing of figuring out whether she's gay or knowing she's gay, but not wanting to maybe admit it to herself and go full on into the feelings because we see her mom who is really pushing. um, Like I wrote down the quote when they're at the nail salon and Fabiola's mom says, boyfriends are what high school is all about. And so it's just like, Mm -hmm. ooh. And so that's just kind of nailing it in the coffin for Fabiola. Like, oh, she can't speak out on this because she thinks her mom won't accept her. And you kind of see that her mom has an idea that she already might have a clue that that she is not straight. Kind of did that, phew, that whole thing when she said she had a boyfriend. Yeah, she's just feeling very maybe confused. Conflicted, conflicted, i Yeah, conflicted on what to do because obviously... What she's feeling, she it's very it's coming to the forefront, especially with Eve in her group project, where she obviously has some sort of she has a crush on her, and then Eve reaches out to her, and then she is confronted with you know oh this is who I am kind of thing, and she pushes it away because she is not ready for it yet. But I like the depiction in this episode of that, and like her having to figure it out, and she's still figuring it out. And and one thing we were talking about friendship, like she's doing been doing it on her own, like Debbie, mm-hmm. she they, she hasn't really talked to Eleanor or Debbie about it. Debbie has her own stuff that she's going through. She doesn't talk to them about specifically. So it's funny that they're very close best friends, but they still have mm-hmm. these kind of secrets to themselves, which I think is true to life. Though you don't yeah. tell your friends everything. You tell them what you want to tell them. It's kind of like how we are with social media, right? People are like you know, don't believe social media. Those are the highlights of your life. People think it's it's the gospel. It's the truth of what who you are from, you know, point A to point B. But it's like, really, people post the highlights. I think that's what it's like being a teen right now for Debbie. She's telling them the highlights of what she believes they want to hear. And they're doing the same with her. You know, we haven't really gotten that backstory on Eleanor just yet. I'm sure it's coming for Fabiola. She's, you know, kind of keeping those cards close to her chest as well. I think that the family theme is very important because that kind of goes right to the fact that we've got the flashback with Devi and her father in the tomato garden and she sees that coyote or that feeling of her still in that grief and like dealing with her father's death and not being ready to confront that was part of the whole issue and I think the whole episode and how she was able to actually respond to some of her friends and also, when she, you know, goes to talk to her therapist, which, by the way, we did not mention was Niecy Nash and is this Niecy Nash. And we didn't say that in the first first podcast. Our bad. Super amazing actress. Love her to death. Yeah. And I love her in the, in the therapist role. Like the little peaks that we get at her are just so fun because she's so good. These are the some of the moments that we see Debbie being really outspoken and really saying what she feels. Exactly. It's funny having that bounce back between the two of them. I think that the epi- the scenes with DC or with Dr. Ryan, they're so real to me because I feel like Debbie can 
be 100% real with an adult that she never really had, even though she's kind of that hothead and she says what she wants to say. And if she even says stuff to her mother that I I would think that would be kind of like, ooh, she shouldn't talk to her mom like that or or in front of her mom like that. She's way more real with her therapist and she's open and honest because it's a safe place. But I love the relationship that they have. And going back to family, I think um, we saw a little bit of a sistery, sisterly seeking out from Devi in terms of when they, when she's with Kamala and they're watching Riverdale, which I thought was a funny, <laughs> funny thing. She's trying to also, you know, figure out what what's going on with her and kind of, uh, I guess, reading the signals with uh, Paxton because anything he says, it's so funny because this is so true to like what what is real life of. I remember a boy tells you one line. You're like, oh, my God, I think that means like blah, blah. And it's like, no, it probably just meant like what he said. <laughs> exactly. You're like, wait, what, what? And why would she ask her? Yeah. Well, I mean, she even said it. She's like, I don't know who else to ask. But it's funny, right? Because <laughs> we were just talking about friendship. She's already lied to her friends, though. Right. She doesn't reach out to them. She reaches to her, to her cousin who has zero, who she thinks has zero experience. Do you think Debbie is sort of selfish in that way? Do you think selfish, but maybe like self-centered that she's just thinking about her? I mean, Absolutely. And as a teen, you're all you're like that anyway. You think it's just like your world. I remember my friends were my world, too, and we would always be texting about everything and analyzing it. But she doesn't seek them out. So why do you think that is? I think she just knows that they don't have the experience. She's just just thinking that Kamala would, since she's older, that she could be the one that could help her figure it out because she knows her friends don't have any. They've never had boyfriends. So why would she ask them? So I assume that's what it would be. She, you know, I'm sure she's tried to ask the therapist. <laughs> the therapist is probably like, that's crossing the line. So who else does she have? So it's, I think that's where, where, where she's at. I feel like maybe from my own experience, those are the people you would tell everything to. And she keeps it to herself. And maybe that's because she has kind of like an armor to her persona is very confident and very aggressive. And she knows everything. And so maybe she also doesn't want to admit that she just doesn't know anything. And she's not as confident as she seems, which she is in certain parts of her life. But in this sense of like with the boys and everything, she just has no idea. And it's not something that you can learn from a book. <laughs> She's definitely insecure. The fact that she is constantly seeking that approval from a male or the attention of a male without and not just basking in her own intelligence and her own being as a as a woman that it comes with experience and age and so she's just learning she's just getting there because we all can definitely relate to it. i definitely relate to it because it's easier seeing 16 years out of high school and figuring like what are you doing but it's like i definitely went through that same thing you want this attention from something else because you think it's going to make you happy when you should be focusing more on yourself and you learn that like you said through time and you're like oh i don't need anybody else anything else to make me happy i'm gonna revel in my own accomplishments but when you're young you don't know that <laughs> exactly the, um they're in the history class she gets paired up with paxton and this guy named trent for a group project the history teacher is hilarious they're like can we just learn something that's going to be on the ap test which like cracked me up <laughs> yeah I, that was ben the the other dorky and i was like oh my god that is so true it's like you never learn anything that's going to be on the actual test. No, do we ever? Do, I mean, is any of that stuff ever on, like, it, on test? It's like, <laughs> oh my God. Trent is having this party. They're going to be drinking and stuff. And so she wants to get invited to this kickback. I was laughing so hard because, I mean, she was in the right place at the right time. Gets invited, shows up. I and rent runs into good old Ben who should have been there in the first place cracked me up that he like brought all the pizzas yeah 
<laughs> yeah, and she brought California brittle. <laughs> These candy, you don't want to go without anything. You just like, she's still that good girl, right? But she's not one of those people that's going to not lie to her parents to go do what she wants to do. So, you know, you're a boss, baby. And bringing it back to the friendship thing, she doesn't tell her friends that she's going to this, which I also think like she is trying to make her own way with Paxton, trying to make this happen. I mean, bless her. <laughs> good point. Good point. It's funny because wouldn't she like text your friends right away and be like, oh my God, I got invited to this party or I'm going to this right. party. You want to come? Like she didn't even want backup. Like she's so boss in that way, which I love because it's so gutsy in other teen shows you would it's always like an entourage because you need someone to help you and push you she doesn't need that which i love that about her character is she sets her sight on something even if she's not invited per se like she still goes and does it and she's not embarrassed to do it um maybe after the fact she gets a little shy or she's like oh shit like i don't know that was weird mm -hmm. oh but but she doesn't think like that as like, she just goes and does it. I know. Which... I, I would never have had the guts to, like, go to a party to somebody's house I'd never been in, you know, especially a popular, quote, quote, popular guy's house, and not, like, go with somebody. But, yeah, she just shows up alone, and I was, like, blown away. Blown away by her guts. Yeah, I really wish we would have had shows like this when we were growing up. What do you think? <laughs> oh, God. You know, I was thinking about that, too. It's, it's funny how things, they shape you. I don't know if watching shows really kind of solidified how I would act, but maybe it did. Maybe it did shape me in a way that I didn't already know, you know? it, it Film and television do that. I don't know. We'd have to go back. There's a whole bunch of stuff I wish we would have had when we were younger. <laughs> I look at the shows that I was watching. I was like, man, no wonder I made certain decisions because <laughs> it was always so uh, not in our favor and just so idealized and not real and um that kind of messes with you because you think like oh people are going to be like this in the real world then it doesn't go that way and you're like what these shows lied to me it's <laughs> all a lie <laughs> this show like she's she's real complex character she has her moments i feel like it's nice knowing that girls are gonna watch this to be like i can do that too you know and, and be more confident instead of being like oh he's popular i can't i can't uh tell someone i like them or you know those kind of things yeah the funny thing that we're talking about with the uh, shows influencing you Kamala takes to watching Riverdale. Riverdale, yeah. And she's going through her own thing of, you know, speaking of family and her and family wants her to get married. She's trying to fight that too. And then she sees like a depiction of like some like, a character on Riverdale basically be like, you're not going to tell me who to, who to love. And then she uses that in her real life to go tell her boyfriend, like, I do want to be with you. I don't care about my family. So she is kind of being a little rebel in that sense. What do you think of all of, of all that? Well, it's like the whole family tradition. And I was thinking to myself, like, okay, how long had she been in this country? Because they say like a couple months or had it been like a year or something. She must have only been in the, in the, in the country for a very short time because to like pick up on that that's something that you pick up pretty quickly in american culture is the the vast difference on the way that you communicate with your family and your elders what's expected of you because american culture is we don't necessarily go right with those those strict standards it's like you break the mold and you you are free to do what you feel is important in your life i mean i know there's different cultures and different ways that deal with that with the indian culture i know personally because of my family that there are so many expectations you have to live up to she just wants to stand up to her parents kind of go the other way 
which is going to be not accepted at all. She's dealing with a lot of family obligations, which I think I've, I've known some people who, who do use family as a basis of making decisions. And in my personal experience, I haven't done that. Like you were talking about that freedom of if I want to do something, you go do it. So I've never had like, oh, my mom's going to tell me to do, you know, to marry somebody I don't love, <laughs> like that mm-hmm. kind of thing. I've never had that or oh, I'm going to travel over here and I'm going to be away from them. Oh, I can't do that. I've never had to make decisions based off of family. So in some ways, I I can't relate to stories that are so like family based in terms of you have to do what they tell you because to me that's foreign and even for me to have people in my family that have had uh, arranged marriages it's still foreign to me because i mean i am you know born and raised here i was born in texas and and it's just something like to me it's so foreign like i never considered somebody was going to pick a mate for me that was like that is as foreign of a concept it is as it is for me for you you know and I lived in a family that it, that had it. I get what she's like as she's like watching Riverdale on TV, like how influenced she was because all she needed was that one little thing to set her off. Yeah. And Steve, to his credit, said a really good line, which I think can translate to anything else. He's like, you traveled acro- halfway across the world to pursue your dr- dreams and then you're going to you're going to let your family dictate how you like live your life exactly. in terms of and i thought like damn steve like throwing out the knowledge yeah <laughs> thank you steve he seems like a decent guy so far i mean he never pushed her he understood what she needed i am interested to see where this whole plot line is going to go talk about the whole deal with paxton and how he is kind of put her in this friend zone what did you think about that pretty apparent when he invites her to the group with his friend trent which is just like a new chad name <laughs> chad uh, Trent. <laughs> <laughs> no offense to any chads or no trends, absolutely but... <laughs> not we love it we love that yeah <laughs> and, and she's like oh my god he's inviting me to the group maybe this is like my new in and then he basically says like oh yeah she's really smart she's probably gonna do all the work i was a little nerd in in school and i remember those group projects and it took me back to like oh when you didn't want to get stuck with stu with the, with the people who were not gonna do the work i that's what i was thinking i was like i don't want to be with like people who were like bad group no thanks i don't want to be that but she was all about it. Yeah, she was happy to do it because it was with Paxton. Right. That was kind of a scene or a situation where, and he's not being a dick about it or anything. He's just like, he doesn't know that she's so like into him, even though she asked him to have sex with her. He's just like very nonchalant about it. And so I don't, and we haven't really gotten much of his perspective. I really don't know if, if what he's thinking. And also I think he's just like, this show is doing a really good job of just showing how boys are just like, they don't really care that much and, and you shouldn't think too much about it, especially in like teen years. Like they're just doing what they like. Right. Especially when they're in the group dynamic, him and Trent are just like talking about stupid stuff. And I'm like, oh my God, this is the way they are. And we yep. think like they're so in depth and talking about their emotions. Like, no, that's what we do. <laughs> the whole like Instagram and they're like looking at the girl on Instagram and like, whoa, 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 whoa. As she does jumping jacks, like, oh my gosh. How simple can you boys be right now? But conversely, like we see another side of him because really he's showing his true colors and how of a a really good guy he is. Okay, so one, he's committed to swimming. He doesn't even drink at this party because it's swim season. That's pretty honorable. Okay, most of the time in the shows we used to watch back in the day, there wasn't any of that. It was like you go to a party, you drink, right? All the jocks who were portrayed, like I'm thinking One Tree Hill, like they were all drinking at parties. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. But then, I mean, he saves her. She gets attacked by this coyote that she thinks is her dad. (laughs) The first time she saw the coyote, I was like, is she going to get bit? You know, and then, but it didn't happen. So I thought, well, maybe she's got something here. 
And then she gets attacked by the coyote. He takes her to the hospital and he's super polite with her, with her mother, even though the mom is like, get out. All in all, he really is a good guy. And I think he does really see her as a friend. She's bummed, but it's better than nothing in her mind, I think. Yeah, and I think, um, especially at that age, anything is just so good. Um, you know, like, nothing is, like, the worst. And the fact that he's in her life in some way, that they're friends, as he put it, and that he, like, even saved her and is being kind to her. When she showed up the party uninvited, like, Trent was like, why, are you, what are you here for? And he's like, oh, hey, thanks for coming. You know, like, he's not a dick about it. Mm-mm. You do know he's he has a good heart. And I think it's also just making it very apparent that when he does find out, like, what she's been doing and lying to her friends and if the school finds out and, like, that's going to really hurt him, I think, because he's done nothing to deserve that. The fact that she's has this idea of what she wants but it's not reality and she's putting it out there when he finds out it's gonna hurt even more because we see that he's so good yeah it's not even like her being her it's gonna be her making that choice to lie that's gonna be like oh yeah he's not gonna he's not gonna want you for that reason (laughs) oh yeah that's that's a blow up that's about to happen for sure i'm not looking forward to that i see what i see where they're going with that is there anything else that you wanted to talk about on episode three or ready to transition into episode four i think just one line at the at the end when paxton when paxton says he's at the hospital room with her and he says i think you're crazy but in a good way and it's funny because I, i don't know if it was my husband who told me this but he's like all women are crazy. It's just like the levels of crazy and whether you can like handle it. And I was like, yeah, that's true. I like that line because it's so true. It's like, we're a little bit crazy. Like you can't say like, I'm perfect. But are we all men and women? Are we all really just a little bit? You're right. I always tell my kids, um, I just want you to think that I'm just a little bit crazy. I want you to love me, respect me, but also, I'm a little bit crazy because you don't know what I'm going to do. So you just always stay on your toes. So I liked that he said, you're crazy, but in the good way. Not okay. like, you know, because there is like levels of crazy, which it's like, what level of crazy are you right now? It's like, okay, still manageable. Yeah, you usually <laughs> tell him you don't want to see the level, the bad level ever. <laughs> yeah. Episode four is never have I ever felt super Indian. This episode is so deep in the Indian culture that I was just like mesmerized because I was like it's hitting home in so many so so many ways the beginning for sure as she gets dressed in her Indian clothes her sari her half sari for the Hindu holiday Ganesh Puja Catherine I don't I can't even tell you my grandparents passed away I'd say like was it like 15 years ago you know so my grandparents are from India came to this country when I was born became American citizens here and I actually Never had a babysitter because they were always with me. We, they lived with us at the beginning. I grew up as like a little Indian girl. I ate curry. My aunt came over from India as well. I used to like wrap myself up in her saris. We used to get dressed up in all the Indian clothes for all of the different weddings and engagements and stuff. Even though we're, we're not Hindu, we're Christian. That scene of them getting dressed up and putting on the bangles, the gold, all of it just brought me back and I miss, miss, miss it. And I love the colors and I love all of everything about it. Do you have any traditions that you can relate to when it comes to that kind of thing? With this episode, for me, like one of the major themes is identity and coming to terms with what you want to identify with. And if you're still struggling with it, like um, Devi is struggling with her Indian identity. She wants to be American, but she obviously has a big part of her that's Indian. Mm-hmm. And for me, growing up, I am Mexican-American. So I, you know, grew up with the Mexican culture, the quinceaneras, the, Mm -hmm. you know, the big parties, Mm -hmm. the traditions and and things like that. One of the things that hit me when she when she goes to the when they go to the Ganesh Puja and and she's like, 
there's the the ladies dancing and she's like, oh, they're Indian Indian. Yeah. And then I'm like, but I'm not like that, you know? And, and then, and then, and it's funny because they, like, this is probably um, one of the few shows that is actually dissecting if you're of two cultures, like Mexican or, you know, American and, and you grow up in that sense, like it is a struggle. And sometimes like I am still coming to terms with it in terms of like, what am I? Am I more American? Um, does that make me less Mexican? Mm-hmm. Like, all those kind of things. And I love that you're seeing this with her and, like, her not wanting to embrace the Indian culture because it's weird to some people, you know. The, mm-hmm. She's she's not surrounded by um, Indians at school. So for her, she doesn't want to... This is just another aspect of her um, different and not fitting in. But on the other hand, like, she needs to embrace it in order to kind of move forward. That's just what you have to do. So... I give kudos to Mindy Kaling because mm-hmm. I think it's uh, something that not only Indian Indian Americans can relate to, but I think any um, person who has to deal with the two cultures because you get pulled in two different directions and then you feel guilty for maybe not being more than one, you know, more of one of them or you, you start thinking like, oh, but I'm not doing this for my Mexican side. I'm not doing right. this for my American side. Just seeing the struggle on, on a TV show is really refreshing. I think it's a good thing that she was able to like talk to that to the character that his name is Harish that's in college. My understanding is they were they used to go to the pujas together and probably just sit there and make fun of everything going on because he was struggling the same way she is with being Indian and kind of like, you know, embracing all the different things that they have to do while also living like total American Americanized life. And to see him like make a change and kind of like Hey, it's not so bad. It's actually kind of cool to to love who you are and to cherish. I kind of miss all this now that I'm gone from it. And I'm not even around it anymore. And I think that was a cool like for her to see what is kind of on the other side. What will happen eventually, I'm sure in her life. I know there's been and we've talked about, you know, the diversity on the show and the fact that it's like an Indian American teenage girl as the lead. This is like kind of what happens when you have someone like Mindy Kaling telling her own story and you're able to really have those conversations about struggling with you're also not okay. You, you're, you've gone through those things of not being okay being Indian or being whoever you are. And I think that's the difference of with someone else that hasn't like who who is not Indian, who just telling those stories mm-hmm, for you. Mm-hmm. And that's something because and then it becomes like the stereotype. Mm-hmm. And this one, these are true conversations people have. Like I've gone through this in my own, you know, Mexican American uh, culture is like you have these struggles with identity. And so it's really nice seeing it on screen. And I think that's diversity and like the different lens really does make a difference. Like the fact that it's coming from someone who's gone through this from the inside, basically, and not an outsider trying to tell this story is really, um, I think, important. Yeah, it definitely feels more authentic that way. As we see through this episode, another theme that I see is Debbie not wanting to accept that her life or the things she's gone through, i.e. her dad's death and her being paralyzed, is not something she wants to either. Like, she doesn't want to harp on that either. She doesn't want to use that to get into college when she runs into this, you know, or she's runs... She's looking for the guy that is supposed to get her into this Ivy League college that she wants to go to. I think it's Princeton. Princeton, yeah. Yes, Princeton. <laughs> Why wouldn't you want to use that girl? Like, that's what you went through. That is your life. I, I, I guess I wasn't seeing... why she got so upset we're four episodes in and she still hasn't had a real honest conversation about the feelings she has about her dad 
So I think she just doesn't want it associated at all. Like it's happened to her, but she still hasn't processed it. That's why she's going to therapy, but she uses therapy to talk about her boy problems. (laughs) Also in um, trying to avoid the conversations about her dad and really talking about what it means to her. And anytime her dad is mentioned, like with her mom or anything, she's like, oh, why do I have to do that? You know, and blah, blah. And it's clear that she's just in pain. You know, she's grieving. I guess I guess you're right. I don't know if it was John McEnroe's uh, voiceover, which I would say, side note, that it's he's growing on me. And I think it's actually pretty perfect the way like his narration with his tennis career and like the metaphors really work <laughs> in a strange way. But he says, oh, Debbie didn't realize how her trauma of her life could be reduced to just a single sentence yeah. when when for her. It's so much bigger than that. Like she is dealing with it every day. And then I think it would feel cheap to her to like use it to get into college, which is funny because we know that she's a super overachiever. She's very smart. She will do anything to get where she wants to go. But when she's given the opportunity to use something like that, it's just too much for her. And she's not going to go down that path of using her dad's death as a as a way to get into get to get what she wants. Yeah. She's just such a, you know, unique individual that she's just not going to let anyone call her just another Indian kid. Like that to her is not even the right description. Yeah. I remember going through those college things. It's like you also, it, it's funny because you almost get punished for being too smart in some ways because it's like, oh, we want to see what else you can what do else? because yeah. there's 20 other people or how, how many ever doing like the same thing that you're doing. So what makes you unique? But for her being unique with her dad dying is just like, that's too hurtful. But like back again, too Indian, not Indian enough. Those things yes. she keeps struggling with back and forth. Either you use it or you don't use it. <laughs> what you, where, how we, where are we going with it? You know, so she hasn't figured out how to get that sweet spot in the middle. Yeah. And honestly, like, I mean, you can talk about you. Um, I'll ask you this, too. Um, but I mean, there's never really a sweet spot because there are some times where I can push my Latina side, but it's like, mm, I, I don't really want to have to. You know, like, mm. I just want to be, I just really want to be me. Mm-hmm. And by being me, inherently, I am Mexican-American. So it's, it's interesting that, like, I think with people having the two cultures, you always have to kind of, you feel like you have to push it up in some ways, but sometimes you just don't want to have to do that. You want to be, you want to be you. So I don't, I don't know how you um, feel about that, but that's like, that's an interesting kind of thing they're bringing up too. It's like not Indian enough, but also not American enough. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, and for me personally, I mean, cause I've, that was half of me. And then the other half I have is this Af- African-American side, which is also a very strong culture as well. Boy, did I also kind of have to feel like, am I black enough? Too black? Not black enough. Am I too Indian? Not Indian enough. So there was a constant struggle for me growing up. I mean, I was, I thank the Lord that I had enough confidence and also strong figures in my life that gave me foundations for both sides where in high school you you do feel that pull especially if you're in a high school that doesn't really have either one of those cultures represented which is how I kind of grew up and so it's very very difficult I think to to navigate those waters but as you get older you start to and that's how you see that the that's why I kind of related to the guy that was in college I started to relate more to my culture as I surrounded myself with more people of both of my cultures you know what I mean I think that's a cool thing that maybe a lot of people might be watching and relating to. and I feel like that's a little hint of Mindy Kaling's journey too is like that guy probably represents how she mm-hmm. felt and where she's at right now yeah. and she's making this show on Netflix that's basically <laughs> about her her Indian American upbringing so it 
I, I really enjoyed that because I think also you realize you kind of want to reject the cult, the thing that's making you different. And then you realize when you, like the guy says, you get around people who don't make fun of you for it or don't see it as something bad, but something unique. And then you, you're like, oh, I should actually not reject it. I should embrace it. Mm-hmm. And then you kind of go through that other journey of trying to find out more or, you know, connect with it. So I, I really enjoyed that. It's just a different kind of depiction on screen that we've that we haven't seen before. Yeah, I I love it. I'm all for seeing brown people on TV anyway. So I'm all good. Yeah. <laughs> I'm all good with this. And so it's very I mean and, it touches me personally, but you know, I love it too. Yeah, and also it's it's so fun to see something different than like a sweet sixteen right. or like you know, like like it, like I didn't know anything about Ganesh Puja or what it meant. So learning about this different thing, seeing different colors, seeing the half saris, like it's so like in terms of a like a TV show, it's nice having something just different and mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and fun and exciting instead of the same old like lame parties and you know mm-hmm. like, everything we everything we've seen before it's sad that it has it, this is something that's new but it, at least it's something that's gonna maybe just open up some more cultural conversations i don't know about you but i'm starting to see lots of people picking up the show you know it's being spotlighted on netflix right now and just i'm hearing lots of feedback from people that just on social media like watching the show love the show I'm very encouraged that this is going to pick up a little bit of steam and that people are really like enjoying it, especially moms and daughters watching it together. After um, watching it, I wanted to go and Google uh, Ganesh Puja, you know, and learn more. So Aww. I think I hope I hope that is a thought that more pe- that people have, too, because learning about different cultures and, and that I think is just going to be a good thing that comes from this show as well. So I, I love that. <laughs> really cool when you can learn something from a comedy. Especially like a teen comedy that you think that you just, there's nothing going to be new brought to you, you know, it's just, it's going to be for simple entertainment. And then here you go, you learn about something that you've never really wanted to like delve into. And then you go look into it a little bit more and you've got some new knowledge on it. So that's a really cool feel. It just makes it different than the normal teen shows. Like there's a lot going on in this show within four episodes. <laughs> I agree. I agree. Is there anything else that you found especially interesting in this episode? They got into the more, the arranged marriage business a lot more. And we did see Kamala kind of befriend another lady that was kind of ousted or like outcasted kind of from Mm -hmm. her community because she bucked the trend and got married to a white guy and got divorced. And not only that, he was Muslim, he wasn't even Hindu. And so that was a that was an interesting thing to be presented but very real and i give mindy kaling again big props for putting that in there because that is something that you see all the time there is still a stigma of uh hindus and muslims being together and it's just a thing that's just not that they don't want to do that is one thing uh while watching this episode specifically is and dealing you know everything with identity and all that i think it really shows that like mindy kaling could have done a whole show that is just highlighting all the good parts you know especially since there's been a lot of stereotypes in the media and, and content with indians on on screen mm-hmm. but she's showing such a mix of like you can discriminate against your own people, you know, or, or be, um, you know, have those, those family arguments, like yeah. with the auntie, like the aunties who are basically like judging this family because they're, the dad died and then like, oh, they have a rough situation, like, you know, like that kind of thing. And so she's showing everything, not just the good, but also like the bad parts of culture, which we all have, like all our cultures are not the best. Right. It's not all, it's not all roses and, and fun stuff. Like there's, yeah. there's some stuff that, people don't really want to talk about and here we go you know here it is for us so 
yeah. I thought, whoa, I was like, oh. you know, but everybody's got those those sneaky little aunties that want to talk about you or say something or have issues yeah. to say. And it's very relatable. Yeah, very relatable. Like, <laughs> I think that could that's like a cross cultural thing. Like, there's going to be family members that are going to talk shit all the time, no matter where who you are, or where you're from, you know. But I'm glad she's not sugarcoating her own culture, because I think within with within culture, there's those spots that like you you know are kind of like eh, you know, yeah. um they're not the best, but you got to talk about them because they're part of it. And I love that she is really doing like a full circle kind of depiction, and it's not just I got my chance at a Netflix show. Let me just show the good stuff. Let's be honest. As we go through life, and we're at 2020 now. I mean, people are marrying for who marrying people they love. You know, you've got people that are Hindus and Muslims getting married all the time. It's 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 normal. And I think their stories need to come out. And that's the thing is that Mindy's trying to say is like, look, kind of put that spotlight like it seems silly, right? Like we're Yeah. Why why are we still doing this? And I love that she's doing that. Yeah, because in a comedy you're like, what? Like the Right. We're still yeah. So she has her own little sub like issues yeah yeah that she's bringing up though she's like hey i want i want this to be like highlighted so it's in this very like light way they're doing a lot with this show um in terms of that like the subtle this is not a paxton episode this is not a you know a, a boyfriend centered episode or a... so when he comes in and just happens to be at the school and sees her and he's like, hey, you look cool. She's in her half sorry. And she's, I'm sure she was probably like, oh my gosh, so embarrassed. He says, you do you. Don't worry about what other people have to say. Once again, we get another little nugget like, Paxton, you're all right with us. Like, you're a pretty cool guy. It's putting Paxton on a pedestal. I mean, but he's earning it. You know, like every episode he does the little nugget. Mm-hmm. He gets like one step closer to being like, oh my God, you're like the perfect guy. But it's funny, right? Because sometimes people have to tell you something's cool. And this is just like a, a universal thing amongst everybody, I think, is you have to hear it from the person that you admire or that you like to then accept it yourself. So after he tells her, oh, you look cool. She's like, oh, yeah, my Indian culture is cool. You know, like right. that's going to make that's going to make her appreciate exactly. it, which I think is so funny because that's that's so universal, I think, is when someone tells you it's cool and you're like, oh, yeah, no, I it's think cool. it is. I know. All of a sudden it's cool, right? OK, sure. <laughs> <laughs> very, very spot. on. Yeah, very spot on for the teen. So as we come to the end of this episode, we are super excited to get more into this series we'd love to have you join us for never have i ever episode five and six that's coming up soon thanks so much this is aisha with pod clubhouse and this is Catherine with shuffle online thank you for listening this has been an original pod clubhouse production pod clubhouse is a podcast network dedicated to encouraging collaboration among podcasters and friends to bring a fresh voice and diverse perspective on a wide array of content please visit and leave a comment for us at podclubhouse.com rate, review, and subscribe to our podcast feeds on Apple Podcasts. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. You can find us at Pod Clubhouse. Our DMs are always open, and we'd love to hear from you. Pod Clubhouse.